a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Video Nasties podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. We have already entered into the world of Norman J. Warren before on this podcast with Terror, which actually was released after this film in 1978. Prey from 1977 clearly shows its low budget origins. Apparently, the, uh, the filmmaking process was a tad chaotic because of the pace they had to work. That said, though, Warren injects a degree of experimentation in the film, almost certainly probably more likely due to um, necessity to get the film created and the story told than anything. It's certainly ambitious in what it wants to say and fills the film with um, subliminal, perhaps, or, or, or deep-hidden themes as well that uh, that kind of track through the story and at heart it's a, a story of a, an intruder into a, a couple's relationship who uh, rings chaos from a higher level it's a sci-fi film about an alien who is a predator as it were who comes to earth and starts stalking people and animals and there's something else about it as well prey is as much about toxic masculinity and uh, carnal desire as it is a guy with a, a silly name called Kator coming along and fucking up a lesbian couple's relationship. Kator to command ship. Command ship. I am now in orbit. Proceed with mission. UFOs, fact or fiction? Space explorers are figments of the mind. <coughs> Made contact with human life forms. New identity established. Are aliens already amongst us? Command ship. Command ship. Their immediate reaction aggressively. Take terminal action. Continue with mission. Why are they here? Million years, man was the hunter. Now he is the prey. Prey, certificate X. Made in 1977, produced by uh, Terry Marshall, who was better known probably for creating Hawk the Slayer a couple of years later, and obviously directed by Norman J. Warren and written by uh, Max Cuff. The story's about this flesh-eating alien, played by Barry Stokes, who lands on Earth and befriends a, a, a lesbian couple, Jessica Ann and Josephine. This couple live in a nearby manor house. 
although Jessica owns the house, Joe is uh, more manipulative perhaps or more dominant in the relationship and is uh, almost abusively uh, possessive of Jessica and suspicious of the of men that enter into the uh, enter into their sphere. Kato, who um, the alien, uh, calls himself Anders and comes in and um, in a shape shift kind of sense and integrates himself into the relationship. There follows um, some some various different scenes. Uh, they have a party to celebrate them finding a fox that supposedly killed some chickens and Kator is dressed in drag to uh, dress up there's um, the relationship between Jessica and Kator become more um, become more se- becomes more sexual and uh, there is a revenge plot and uh, violence erupts before we uh, get to some uh, rather uh, tasty flesh-eating scenes. Perhaps unsurprising for a film of this type, the cast, Barry Stokes, who is really a a guy who appears in things like, as I said, Hawk the Slayer, Enemy Mine, and uh, a load of TV stuff, really, like Dixon and Gough Green and and Zed Cars. And Sally Faulkner and um, Gloria Annan appear in a variety of, um, you know, B-movies, as it were. And that's not that surprising. The film was, as I say, filmed for $60,000 in only a period of under two weeks around uh, Shepton Studios in Surrey. So it's not that surprising that they were, uh, they were under a great deal of pressure. In fact, from end to end, the film took 10 weeks to make. Conceived by producer Terry Marshall and uh, David Wimbury and developed by, uh, the story was developed by a guy called Quinn Donoghue, um, the Marshall, the producer, pitches it to Warren, who liked the idea and was keen to direct. Warren says of, the, of it, they told me an outline of the story. It's about an alien that comes to Earth in search of food source and counts a lesbian couple, discovers humans are high in protein and easy prey. Then he said, you have to get, you've got to start in three weeks' time and it has to be finished in ten days. Also, we don't have a script at the moment. We all said yes. Fantastic excitement. You know, oh yeah, look, we can knock this out, no probs. So Warren agreed and they filmed the shoot, shooting on the 23rd of May. And the film was actually not only made um, for such a limited amount, but actually made in deferred payments as well. So everyone made it kind of on the promise that once it was sold, they were going to get the cash. So the film was done cheap, as we said, and uh, therefore was actually done in a, uh, an actual manor house in Littland Park. And that was kind of the, the, the location for the, for the, uh, the home in Surrey. So it was basically filmed like it was on location rather than like a, a, a set and whatever. So the crew were allowed to decorate as they needed to and kind of raided the studio's prop store to make it more believable. And indeed, it was so rushed that the film started with only half a day's rehearsal and without, in fact, a finished script. And then the script was kind of delivered to them in batches as the scriptwriter Max Cuff kind of rattled through the writing to get through to it. So certain scenes then felt perhaps unsurprising were partly or wholly improvised, including the sex scene between Jessica and Joe, which was added to add a bit of spice really to um, the production uh, to, the, to the film, so it could sell well in foreign markets. Crew had just come off the back of the Pink Panther strikes again, so it was a solid crew that knew what they were doing and were able to work incredibly quickly, completing an average of thirty-five camera setups per day. The making of the film was quick. 
because uh, they were blessed with good weather. What this does is kind of create a almost a kind of a, a calm British garden look and feel to the film, when in actual fact, obviously, there's a simmering tension of violence potentially, and perhaps unsurprisingly, therefore, because of this low budget, we can't actually see any alien spaceships. It's all done with flashing lights and and, sp- and sound effects, which kind of, or to be fair, kind of makes it feel a bit. Uh, not offhand, but a little, little bit cheap and cheerful, but reasonably effective, and also adds to kind of um, surrealness to it, a dreamlike quality. These surreal elements, an unusual kind of vibe, sit through the film generally. The film, I mean, it's not subtle, but does play with um, commentary about sexism and adultery and betrayal. I mean, the film itself is. I mean, fucking hell. I mean, because it's so cheap and quite stilted, and everyone's obviously kind of making do with what they what they can. It does feel um, perhaps a bit occasionally um, accidentally silly, particularly when people are you know looking at flashing lights and thinking it's an alien spacecraft. But um, at the same time, though, there is a, a feel about sexuality. This is about a a, a man. Dangerous, violent, potential man who, um, at one point in the film, his um, carnivorous, violent desires are awoken and he changes while, you know, while having sex. There's also some um, slightly more awkward stuff in terms of um, lesbian relationships perhaps being disrupted by men. You know, it's uh, uh, almost like a, a fox in the hen house, and uh, there's a there's an, I suppose an allusion there to D. H. Lawrence's The Fox from that that short story. You know, I mean, we see a a, a relationship between people, people which is already in, a, in a, almost a produce uh, an abusive position, kind of being um, grown and attacked and and, and built out from. Um, A um, an unwanted guest. Also, the there is a you know this manor house, which is explained in the plot as being like inherited, despite the fact they clearly do not have a lot of money, is um, a feel and a vibe of a you know a a, a, a citadel, a, an enclosed uh, world, which is punctured by in this case a very literal alien presence it also feels um oddly british when you know, i don't just mean that in a you know a 70s bad hair wonky teeth way but also as a um a dreamlike version of um of 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 of, of a country village past this is the um you know the england Bear in mind, this is late, you know, late seventies when uh, the UK was very, you know, very much buckling under the strain of uh, of, of various pressures. This is a a world that is away from that, hidden away, that um, you know alludes to a a more pleasant, green greener land, the the, the mythical uh, uphills which um, are still sold to the British public to this day. There is a 
the same uh, soundtrack, which um, by uh, Derek V. Brown, he, he did a soundtrack for Terror and he did it for this, and it's kind of this synthy, oddball, broody kind of vibe to it, which um, sits comfortably. There's a feeling of, um, you know, a, a part of the world that's going wrong and breaking away that, um, I mean, any film, any story that involves a a couple or, or a community where somebody comes in and kind of stokes and, and accelerates the underlying tensions and issues that sit within them uh, always kind of evokes, a, you know, a darker underbelly in, in what is meant to be a scenic and, and pleasant place. Here with this couple, obviously, you know, the, with this, it's the uh, the feeling that... Um, their relationship is crumbling and it, 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 it's, it's almost abusive already without the input of um, our alien foe. The film um, has uh, reasonably decent reviews, um, you know, fairly average, I suppose, at the time. So monthly film button suggests it was an outplazingly outrageous theme. So obviously, you know, lesbians and aliens and monsters and, and, and flesh-eating. Um, and saying it was, you know, but said it looked had credible performances, which you know, let's be honest with you, if you, it's fair, it's a good, a good response considering where these people were, what, what these people were working with, and the conditions they were working in. And saying it looked good, and it does look good, despite the fact that it's a, um, you know, obviously being filmed fast and dirty, as it were. And Kim Newman um, stated that Prey was uh, minimal of uh, Warren's exploitation films and among one of the strangest British movies of all time and points to the fact how solemn the film is uh, despite the fact it is you know obviously the actual story itself could be portrayed being quite quite bizarre really it is um, ultimately obviously an exploitation film but much like Terror has these uh, broader wider views and what it can and can't achieve it's clear that um, Warren wants to make a film that does something more than just uh, shock or, or upset people. He plays around with themes, and mainly, I suppose, because of the, 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 the quickness that this film has to be made. A lot of stuff gets thrown in there that possibly wouldn't have been in there in a film that was, you know, took longer to create. So, a interesting film that covers some unusual themes, particularly in this kind of um, uh, sphere, while simultaneously being a cheapo bit of grubby slock. And um, surely, therefore, we can at least praise Warren for uh, pushing the bar in terms of that kind of work. So, the um, the film was um, originally cut for an X-rated release in the UK in 1977 and was released in the US with some of the sex scenes cut for an R rating. It's this cut US version that ends up on video and ends up being seized in the Video Nasties panic. The BBFC Cinema Cuts replied to a cut US version in 86 and 95. But the film is now available uh, uncut via Vinegar Syndrome um, um, in America as a Region A or Region Region A Blu-ray and Region 1 DVD so you can see it in all its uh, glory what we have is real Jessica we must never lose it do other people live here? only the two of us will other people come to live here? what a funny question 
Lord, it's no good to cry Except the arms of a stranger Thanks very much for listening. Um, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is Chris. No, it's not. It's video nasty podcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey, or you can get me via the website, salatarapodcast.com or videonastypodcast.com. I'm aware that I'm incredibly bad at the moment of updating um, my video nasty podcast. Uh, page which just links out to last horror um the stuff is there if you go to your pod for catcher it's all there or indeed they're all on the last horror we're all hosted anyway sorry about that thanks very much to ramsey clark who um very kindly said that he'd been uh listening to my podcast um and hammer house podcast and Limestown as well. And Limestown's fantastic. Um, you should definitely listen to that. Get a chance. Um, while he's um, filling, you know, sitting on furlough. Ironing is way less boring with the history of video nasties playing. <laughs> it's very kind of them. Found on Spotify as well, which, you know, we are on Spotify as well with all your other podcatchers. Um, apparently he got onto it via The Last Horror and then slipped over to the video nasties. says, I'm old enough to be aware of the furore surrounding would-be video nasties. I can also remember watching a rental copy of Extra on Betamax at age of 13. I was a tall kid, so I looked older. It scared me shitless, so I quickly stuck to hammers after that. Well, cheers for that, Ramsey. I think we've all got stories in terms of uh, the, the videos, video shops. My one was there somewhere in West Derby. It's a very small room, uh, like half a shop, really, which is still, uh, still there, uh, called... Um, Crown Video Shop, which was on Town Row, uh, and it was a uh, small, 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 like like broom cupboard size, and uh, so all the video tapes loomed over in these walls. And obviously, some of the covers were just shocking and terrifying, and I, I loved them. So, uh, thanks very much, Ramsey. Uh, I'm glad you're listening and glad you're enjoying the the, the episodes. Thanks also to Andrew Roberts, who does from the, the Nasty Pasty podcast, who also um, says that Happy Birthday to Me is one of his favourite films from the Section 3 list. Well made, but absolutely bonkers. Well, I certainly agree that it's absolutely bonkers, Andrew. It's uh, it's good fun, though. Uh, Andrew was also on a podcast with um, John uh, John Larkin uh, from the Screaming Queens uh, podcast. If you sco- Google uh, Queens with a Z, Screaming Queens, um, about um, a great film, actually. Um, 
Savage Streets, which is definitely worth uh, worth worth a watch if you've not seen it. A great exploitation, um, kind of kind of a bit more on the sleazy side. And um, and at Turlo ADK says, "Re happy birthday to me." A great metric for any low budget horror is: does it show you something you've never seen before? Happy birthday to me does. The football scene features an X-shaped penalty spot, a thing I've generally never encountered anywhere else, <laughs> which is a fantastic spot. And um, although not a great penalty spot, I assume very accurate, I suppose. So thanks very much for that. If, as I say, if you want to get hold of me, if you have any opinions on any of the podcasts uh, that we've been doing, if you are a die-hard fan of Prey, uh, please let me know. Uh, next week. Um, we are covering Savage Terror, so I'm not expecting a huge amount of outpouring for that. That is an Indonesian um, cannibal movie, which is uh, very much its own thing, to be pretty honest with you. But until then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? oh you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film <laughs>